0: Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. You can also listen to episodes on our church YouTube channel.
1: Thanks so much for listening.
2: Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis.
1: Hey, and I'm Pastor Margaret.
2: It's good to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in to Hope Talks. And today we're joined by Gloria Gray. Gloria, how are you doing today?
1: Doing well, thank you. Good. It's good to have you here, Gloria. And we always have a kind of a lighthearted, it's not lighthearted for everybody question. Some people are really serious about this question. But the question is, what kind of ice cream do you like? Oh my goodness. There are too many. Chocolate um, chip is good. you mm-hmm. like that one. I'm not a great mint chocolate chip person. Rocky I'm, Road. Mm-hmm. It has crunch in it. Mm-hmm. So as long as it's yeah. got something crunchy in it, I'm, I'm pretty good. How about you, Grayson?
2: Uh, Just vanilla. <laughs> just I've, I've, vanilla. Still, I've still been eating some of that uh, Snickerdoodle. Yeah, I got uh, a heel yeah, of yeah. So
1: I went Excellent. to Dairy
0: Queen last uh, week when I was in the Outer Banks visiting my, one of our sons, and I got one of those chocolate dip cones. Mm. I like that. Yeah, anything dipped in chocolate. Yeah, those are crunchy and cold. That crunchy is what gets me. Yeah, it's the crunch. Yep, it's the crunch.
2: Gloria, if you just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up.
0: Okay, well, I'm from here in the valley, born and raised. I lived a short amount of time when I was three to four in Florida. I grew up in the church. My mother uh, was a real devout Christian lady, even took me to tent revivals, mm. and she just loved Jesus. She woke up every morning singing and praising God, and and our life growing up was not the norm of most people. Right before I was born, my dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, mm. and um, he had severe multiple sclerosis. He actually passed away when I was 14 years mm. old, and my mother kept singing she had a responsibility of a young child and i had an older brother who was 10 years older than me but she just kept her faith through it all and was such a good example uh to me by the time um i really don't have memories of my dad when he was not in a wheelchair i see pictures and uh, it kind of brings back memories but it was um a different life than most people have um Because he was in a wheelchair, and then he ended up uh, in the uh, VA hospital in Richmond. That's where he passed away. He went there when I was about twelve years old. Um, So my life growing up was quite different than most folks, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, so I was very independent, you know, because of the situation. I was not a child that I had a helicopter mom. You know, I, yeah. I picked my you own clothes. I was oh. on my own, and which was good because it taught me to be very independent. But we went to church. She went to church every Sunday, and I was um, active in the church somewhat And uh, over the years. And it was a good childhood because my mother was so positive, you know, mm-hmm. even under the circumstances that she was in with the responsibility of my dad and myself. So, so did you have siblings? I had a brother who was 10 and a half years older than I am. Uh, He passed away a few years ago. So by him being so much older than me, we were not really very close. Mm. He called, my initials were G-A-G, so he called me Gagnus. So he loved to, and Mm -hmm. gag, and he loved just to pester me. Yeah. Being that much older than me, and I was like, oh, why did I have these initials? You know, (laughs) why did you give me these initials? (laughs) So, um, yeah, so and you still have
1: those. Mm. I still. Oh have my those goodness, initials. we can still I can't call get you really that. Gag. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, it was like, oh, but anywho, yeah, he was older, so we didn't. Yeah. Uh, that does make a difference. Well, he was like an, to Elvis Presley, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it was a whole different generation, even with music and clothing. And by the time I got to be older, it was um, the '60s, and things were totally
1: different than the late yeah. '50s. So. Yeah.
0: Um, different interests yeah. and things.
1: I guess, you know, you talk about your mom, you'd wake up and she would be singing. Like, she knew where her help come from. Oh, yes. Like, that was the only way that she could survive. Oh, yeah. yes. I mean, she was an amazing woman. And,
0: um, you know, after I lost her, I looked back and thought just how amazing she was to be able to cope daily with an invalid husband.
1: And Did she work?
0: Like she worked until he got. Um, I don't. She didn't really work until after he passed away, mm-hmm. and well, he went to the VA hospital. It was a progressive thing. Mm-hmm. First, she took care of him all uh, herself and the house, and then when as he got worse, we had like a housekeeper who would come in and cook the meals and do the laundry, and then when she could not handle him physically, we had an in-home nurse's aide type of a person come in, and he lived. With us and took care of my dad because he could handle him. Then my dad went into a nursing home for a few years. Then mm. he went into the VA hospital where he passed away. Yeah, He got pneumonia uh, at the nursing home. And that was, you know, then it was just downhill yeah. because he was so weak. Yeah. yeah. When, but when I went, I'll tell you a quick story about the VA hospital because I think the VA hospital changed my life more than anything. Mm-hmm. I take back I was 12 years old. And um, I don't know if you've ever been to a VA hospital, but there are amputees. There was a man with a brain tumor that actually came out of his head. It was huge. There were people without noses and ears and just about anything imaginable that you could see, imagine, you know, yeah. from yeah. war injuries and such. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of these people did not have anyone come to visit them. And so I would go and visit them. At 12? At 12. Oh, I would go goodness. through that VA hospital with all these folks that most children my age never saw, yeah. you know, the condition that they were in, and I would visit them. And it taught me to be a compassionate person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's That's large lessons at yeah. a very young age. Exactly. And so... With that being said, I went through this uh, phase where I thought, I want to be a missionary. I want to go out and help these folks and be with these folks. Well, I got married at 20, so that didn't happen. But I was, and I love children. Uh, I have four and five grandchildren. And um, I just, you know, children have always touched my heart too. And um, I was director of children's ministries at the church I attended before here. And even though I wasn't a true missionary, you were. I yeah. was in the, yeah. the the capacity of with the children. So you know, God blessed me with that position because somebody came and asked me to to do it, and that was a blessing too. So um, directed Bible school and Christmas plays, and and loved every minute of it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's sort of my life. In, mm-hmm. You know, a short.
2: Amount of time. Yeah. So you mentioned about your mom taking you to church every Sunday uh-huh. and um, just how strong she was with uh-huh. having to take care of your father those years with his health issues. Do you have, and maybe you don't have a specific moment, maybe it's just a day by day thing, but do you remember when you came to make the decision for yourself uh, about wanting to have a relationship with Christ or? grow deeper in your relationship with him.
0: I guess it was during that time when uh, I visited the VA hospital and that compassion and that knowing that these were lonely folks and needed somebody there. And I think that was when I really knew that God was important in my life. Mm -hmm. And then after Rick and I were married, he was brought up in the Catholic Church. And so my mother, <laughs> I guess she was like back in those days a little concerned about that, but not overly. But we went, she took us to a uh, Billy Graham crusade. And the Spirit led us, and the two of us went up together and mm-hmm. accepted Christ at a Billy Graham crusade, which was amazing. Mm. And just it was just amazing. So that was when, as a couple, we we became, you know dedicated our lives to, to Christ, and which was that's really nice. that is a powerful moment. Yeah, for it you was, to look back because, on. Uh huh. Because yeah. I don't know how many people do that as a couple, but it right. It was a wonderful moment. So.
1: so you know, a lot of times we grow up on our parents, and we've said on here often, like we grow up on our parents' coattails, like their faith, like that's kind of what carries us. And at some point that faith has to transfer from what our parents told us to what we now believe. Right. What was that? Was there ever a specific time that there was a struggle that your faith really became your own?
0: Probably after I had children is when I realized that church and faith were even more important because now I had the responsibility to raise my children in a Christian home as my mother mm, right. raised me and my brother and what an influence my mother was on my life and that now I needed to yeah. to take that responsibility with my children as well. Yeah. Which yeah. is very important because, um, you know, a lot of children, unfortunately, are not brought up in a Christian home. and mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope what was planted in me was has been planted
2: in that. Right. And you talked about, you said that uh, through visiting people at the VA hospital, you had a desire to be a missionary, which never happened, but you got involved with children's ministry and even served as a children's director. So anything you want to share about how you got into children's ministry or just anything in serving, and then we'll get into how you serve here at our church now. Okay.
0: Well, as a high school graduate, I really wasn't sure what direction I wanted to do. So I just went to Blue Ridge and took some kind of business classes and got a degree there. But I always had this, you know, I always knew I wanted children of my own. And um, actually, I'm going to go a little different direction here, Grayson. Um, We were having a hard time getting pregnant when uh, we'd been in our marriage about four years and... I was like, you know, I want to have a child. I want to have a, a little a son for Rick and to carry on the gray name and all the things that a lot of people think of. But it wasn't happening. And so I went to um, the doctors, and they said that um, I had a small tip of uterus, and I may not get pregnant. And um, this was a very difficult time for me because I love children so much, and, you know, we're going in the children's ministry and everything. However... I prayed at night. I would pray, Lord, just give me one son, you know, uh, just one. I mean, I, I, just give me a son. And I heard God's voice one night, and he told me I was going to have a son. And I, I just was stunned, you know, because I actually heard mm. his voice. Mm. It's the only time in my life that I've truly heard this voice, mm-hmm. that he answered my prayer. And I didn't ask for daughters, although one would have been nice, but he gave me four sons, wow. and um, my prayer was answered. So that was a, I guess that was the moment, too, that you were talking about a little later, that I was like, you know, God answers, answers prayers. Mm-hmm. And he blessed me with a 10-pound, 3-ounce, oh son. I was almost two. You <laughs> know, he was huge. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was gigantic. I had four big babies. Two in the nine-pound range and two in the ten-pound range, wow. and uh, I was blessed and God spoke. I mean, I heard His voice, and I—it was amazing to hear God. To
1: speak. And you can't, yeah. It's just—it wasn't audible. It's louder than that, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it was like—I <laughs> don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it was amazing. And
0: then you know, when that happens, something like that happens, you know, God is real. Another part of my life that um, I just made me think is. Um, When I had the first two boys, I was active in women's agglom ministry. And I don't know if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. that or not. And um, for several years with some girlfriends. And um, I learned a lot in in that ministry. It was a wonderful ministry.
2: Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I just know you said uh, that you had a passion for children and Mm -hmm. working with children. That was kind of your mission field, even though it was local, so to speak.
1: It was, it was. And that doesn't, like, we couldn't all leave and go be a missionary. Like, I think sometimes we take that idea of if we're called to missions, that that is somewhere in another country when, indeed, we're all called to be missionaries, no matter where we're at. We're on mission um, to make Christ-like disciples in the nations, and this is one of the nations that really needs Christ-like disciples, right? Like They all, every nation... Mm -hmm. One of the things I did as children's
0: director that I remember the most, you know, there's a lot of prejudice in this world, and I wanted to teach the children that people worship in different ways, and I did not follow any written material. Mm -hmm. Everything I did with the children came out of my head, but um, we visited different churches, and uh, we went to the temple, the Jewish temple, and that was not during a service, and but he showed us the ark he talked mm-hmm. about all the things of the Jewish religion uh we went to an old order Mennonite church mm-hmm. in Dayton where we sat on one side of the mm-hmm. girl women sat on one side and the men sat on the other and that was quite an experience especially at the end when they say amen and everybody turns around and mm. on the floor on the pew mm-hmm. I want to I because it was loud, it sounded like a herd of elephants. On a
1: hardwood floor,
0: it'll uh-huh. get your attention. I got it. my attention. I was like what? So we all you better we make all,
1: sure you turn yeah to the right and not the left. It was no. a
0: learning experience for me to go to all these <laughs> places too. Uh, we went to a Spanish Catholic service, so the children could kind of got two things in there. But their very favorite was a Black Baptist church. Oh, yeah. And the they we coming down oh, clapping and singing. And, and that was, um, I think, of everything I did as a director of children's ministries, that was the one thing I think we all really learned and enjoyed right. the most. So that was mm-hmm. sort of like going back into the missionary thing. You know, it taught the children how it is Different okay. culture, right? right? Yeah, different yeah. cultures. And it's okay that people worship in the right. community. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know,
1: Good for one. Right. Yeah, like know. it's, we have within this valley, there are many cultures and religions and denominations, and it adds to the fabric of our valley. Um,
0: exactly. It's, and, you know, a lot of people don't get to experience all right, all the ways that people worship. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: Of course, we're always going to want that worship to lead you to Jesus and nowhere exactly. else, right? I, yeah. um, exactly. Yeah. But, That's um, the whole, whole reason and purpose
0: behind yep. it, so...
1: Gloria,
2: how did you and Rick end up here at the Church of the Nazarene?
0: We were invited to come to one of the Easter services when they had it at the Convocation Center. mm mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. What yeah. year was that, Grayson?
2: Uh, I don't remember. Early off. 2000. I was going to say it maybe was, around 2003, yeah. 2004. Yeah. Well, they they t- did it like, two years, I believe.
0: Well, as you know, Rick plays guitar and bass and... Um, they tried it in the church we had been attending, and it was an older congregation. They said it was too loud, so it was kind of disappointing because he, that was his gift. That's Rick's gift. Mm-hmm. As you know, my love for children is his love for music, mm-hmm. and so when we came to the, we said, "Let's go give it a try." You know, he just there it was there was the music for him, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Let's let's go to church," you know, yeah. Let's yeah. attend a couple. Of the, um, services and see if we like it. And we loved it. And as you know, he plays regularly yeah. Yeah. and, um, you know, he sees his playing as a gift. Absolutely. You know, and that, that is his service to the church as I, yeah. um, serve at the front you. desk. Ask yeah. to serve at the front desk. Um, for a couple of years, I was, assi- I assisted in the children's, uh, Sunday school here, but I was working at Costco at the time and, um. Sunday mornings were not always easy because we had to work. Yeah. 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 So uh, that wasn't working that well, but I love the, you know, the desk. I started a little before I retired, and now I've continued to do it and um, look forward to it every week.
1: So I want to backtrack just a little bit. Okay. Because this is where we get to ask questions, and we get to hear stories that we'd never hear any other way. So how did you and Rick meet?
0: High school. Okay. Turner Ashby Heist.
1: Turner Ashby. Yeah,
0: and um, we were senior year, and then we went on to college, and we started dating, and it was really funny because we both lived in Bridgewater, and we had had an art class together. But he sat over. I was new uh, in the tenth grade. I guess this is when, Yeah, this was a couple of years early, and uh, you know, I thought, oh, he's kind of cute. But I had a boyfriend that was a tech, so I was like, you know, I had to be faithful at that time. But that didn't work out because he was a tech and I was mm-hmm. young and yeah. you know I was like no this is I'm too young to be tied down to somebody else. So anyway, Rick was sick one day. I didn't know him that well, and he I got a message from the office to come down and if I could take his uh, lessons to him. He called and said I would bring his <laughs> oh, what, oh what, wow that's what, a way to yeah. get a date with a girl uh huh <laughs> if I would drop off his. His books and things, so he could make up what he missed, and then that was how it started. And there you go, and that, well, we are, that is yeah. so
1: interesting. <laughs> I need to ask Rick some questions.
0: That's a oh, thing, that, like, what a move! But anyway, it worked so. And they gave it to you, they, they gave it
1: to it me gave me and you, and gave you his I address. Drove, or did you yeah. know where he was? I knew
0: where he lived because we were both in Bridgewater, and uh, I just Said, Here you
1: go, and Rick, started. I didn't see it. That's isn't that, awesome. Isn't that the funniest ever? Yeah. I, yeah. I do want to say that it really, I don't know, is precious to hear you talk about Rick having a gift and wanting to use that gift in the church. Right. He wanted to not just to do music, but he wanted it to mm-hmm. minister, to worship. He wanted to use the gifts God had given him exactly. to give back to God, to mm-hmm. worship the Lord. That's um, exactly how he felt, And, you know, I think sometimes in the church we get so caught up in our life and then we have, you know, the enemy on our shoulder telling us that our gifts aren't that great. He knew he had a gift. Mm -hmm. He knew it was God-given. And he wanted to find a church where he could express that. Exactly. What would our church be like if everyone would figure out what their gifts are and say, How can I use this to glorify God? Like, wow, would our world be different? Oh, yeah. Not just our I mean, the church, um, universal. Like, I just think about that. Because that's something that really, like, I I believe that there's having connections within the body of Christ and, and engaging the body. It can be scary, right? You know, I can't, I can't imagine getting up with a guitar and playing on Sunday morning. That would be just a real mess if you had me do that. But here's somebody that has gifts knows what they are and is willing to seek out the place that he can best use those gifts that he's been given i just think that's a for people listening that haven't engaged to church and haven't Mm -hmm. found that place to serve there's such joy in that oh yeah and you with the kids is a great example right
0: and there's a place for everyone and this is another thing that really touched me back at mother's day i was asked to help with Get ready for the Mother's Day brunch mm-hmm. and our Espanola mm-hmm. family was working with that and so um Rachel and I came in and was helping with that and it was so nice to connect with yes. that group of folks mm-hmm. that you know we
1: see but we don't really we kind of pass in the lobby on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings yeah. Yeah. as our service ends right. and, the, right. and
0: it was I and so enjoyed working with those ladies mm-hmm.
1: and they're know, great.
0: But, oh yeah. So you know it's like there's something that everyone can do in church.
1: Well, Ephesians 4 tells us that. There's exactly. a place for every person yeah. um, in the body. And the body really will never be complete until everybody finds their place. Yeah, that's even if
0: something simple as stuffing envelopes or wrapping napkins. It's, mm-hmm.
1: you know, yeah, it's, that's right. There's little jobs that are always mm-hmm. but there to It do. takes detailed people to do those, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Everything matters. Everything. Mm -hmm. And it's not just serving in the church. I think that's important. But also serving in our community is, you know, um, just being able to find places where we can engage with our community. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, it's really with um, fences in our yards and garages that we pull into, Mm it can be really um, easy to isolate ourselves and not use our abilities to the best of what God's intended. Exactly.
2: And another important thing uh, that stuck out to me that you shared was how somebody had invited you to come here. It's important like if we know of people maybe that aren't connected anywhere or that don't know Christ to invite them. And I know of uh, not too long ago I recorded with somebody in the church who started coming to this church because they worked with Rick and Rick had invited them to come. And and so uh, it's just the empower of... Just inviting somebody and just trusting. I mean, what's the worst that can happen to say, no, I'm not interested. And actually, in our recent uh, the Bible study series that our life group is doing, this past week as we were recording, our study was on the body of Christ, and the story was about a man who had lost his wife. And the man wasn't involved in church, but the wife was, and there was some families that when the wife passed away would bring meals to the husband. And there was one man in particular that had been influenced by this man's wife. I don't know if she had poured into him or what, but he felt like he owed it to her to minister to her husband. So he kept after her husband. And finally, the husband agreed to come to church. And he asked the man, if I agree to come to church, will you leave me alone? And the guy said, probably not. But it just talked about the body of Christ, how important each part. Like it says in the Bible, um, you know, the hand doesn't say to the foot, I don't need you because you're not a hand. Or the eye doesn't say to the ear, I don't need you because you're not an eye. Each part is important. Each part is different, but each part of the body is important.
0: Exactly. And you know it, that was a chain reaction. If we had not been invited here, yeah. then we not would not have invited Doug, yeah. and yeah. so yeah. and he his life changed yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. You know, Went for him while yeah. he was here, and, awesome. and as ours too.
1: So, yeah, it's a wonderful church. It's good to be a part it's of the body. Church. It's amazing to watch God work and just see transformation, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's nothing like it in the world, right? Right.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Gloria, we enjoy uh, having you each uh, Tuesday morning at the front desk. Uh, Just be a welcoming smile and encouraging um, people like you that do that. So we appreciate you serving us. And also thank you for joining us on Hope Talks today. Anything um, just in the last few minutes that we have here that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already with your testimony that you'd like to share with us?
0: Oh my goodness, I think I've just jumped from one thing to the other, but let me think a moment. Um, being, I guess, a part of a, the body of Christ is so important to hear God's Word, and especially in these days and times, because we are in dark times, right. and you know, coming to church and hearing the Word has gives me more hope uh-huh. and strength uh, than if I were not... A bo- part of the body mm-hmm. of Christ. And for those listening, if you haven't connected with a church somewhere or a group of faithful folks, you know, please consider it because mm-hmm. it is life-changing and um, it helps you through those
1: hard times. Mm-hmm. There's one aspect. We know it's important to come to church to worship the Lord. Um, our worship actually can encourage others around mm-hmm. us encourages us, but God does something in worship that is just amazing. Um, It's contagious. And then we talked about serving, the importance of serving others. But there's another key component just in our closing conversation, and that's life groups, Mm -hmm. to do life together, to have people that you're accountable to, that you're in the Word with, not just sitting in the sanctuary, which is important, but to have that time where we come together in life groups is what we call it here – and read scripture, but we we get to talk about that. We get to fellowship. I know your life group loves to have meals together. <laughs> yes, they do. What does that tell us? Just something that how that's changed your life. Life group, uh, life group
0: is just an amazing thing for pretty much what you said. You know, in a church congregation, unless you connect uh, with something. You don't really know who's around you very
1: much. You're an onlooker. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: And uh, our life group is um, amazing. We have a very diversified group of people in it, which I absolutely love. Uh, we have young couples with children to retired people like myself and every age group mm-hmm. in between, teenagers. And um, it warms my heart because I can interact with. All these age groups where otherwise I
1: wouldn't, right? you know, yeah.
0: and it's it's just really special. It's yeah. really mm-hmm. special. So those if you haven't connected with something like that, do it because mm-hmm. it's wonderful. I mean, it's just wonderful to meet other folks. And
1: It's kind of like at Celebrate Recovery, we say this, like every Monday night, we say, you know, uh, being a newcomer to something is not easy. You know, we have people that sit on a parking lot and sometimes drive off and come back the next week. Because it's hard to make that walk in the first time. Mm-hmm. It's hard to enter in because we don't know what to expect. Exactly. But when we enter in, we become family, you know. And mm-hmm. that is whether it's Celebrate Recovery or if it's a life group or whatever that is. I just had a new family um, join my life group, and they stayed behind the other day to tell me what a difference it's made, what it means for them to walk in and just feel like they're a part and. The enemy would rather we didn't have that type of connection in the church. Mm-hmm. He would keep us isolated. So, yeah, I agree with you. If anybody's listening and that's something that they haven't done, like ask the Lord about it, you know, ask I mean, him where he would have them and watch him work out the details. Exactly. Of,
2: yeah. well, Gloria, thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of Hope Talks and sharing your testimony and the importance of community and the importance of using the talents and abilities that God's given you to glorify Him and serve Him. Uh, It's been great to have you today.
0: It's been my pleasure.
2: Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I pray that as you've heard Gloria Gray's testimony today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless.
0: Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hope
1: Talks. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe for all the updates and latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg or Rockingham County area, we invite you to
0: listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.